Life is such a mystery. We may not understand. Welcome back to Springs of Life Camp, and thank you for joining us from Hotel Hill in Patrick Springs, Virginia. In this episode of the Titans of Ministry series, we begin a three-part session with Professor Stephen Green, world-renowned teacher, family counselor, and chaplain to generations of trained professionals, athletes, and students alike. Over his 77 years, Professor Green gained perspective across a multitude of church narratives that together align individual lives back to one glorious creator. Listen in to part one of this special session with Professor Green, who truly speaks life from his own experiences of growing up a part of the church. All four Gospels are Jewish. Okay, but written for us. Just because it wasn't written to me doesn't mean it's not for me. And in John 3, 16, Jesus says to Nicodemus, and read it out loud. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. All right. Jesus said that to Nicodemus, but what he said to him is the absolute truth. And even though he said it to Nicodemus, I don't think Nicodemus understood this. I think Nicodemus thought Jesus was telling him that God loved the whole Jewish world. But Jesus didn't say that. And I know that, and you know that. Jesus loves me, and I'm a Gentile dog. Or was, wouldn't be seen that way. I was born in Alabama. Let me tell you, there's a group of people down there that didn't have, weren't thought of. They wore their pants below their underwear and all kind of things. They were and they were treated like dogs. I learned that. I knew that was wrong. As a kid, I knew it was wrong. But I know what prejudice is and how one people can look down their nose on another people because they don't have the morality that we have. Well, the Jews were like that. Gentile, they weren't circumcised. They didn't worship on Saturday. They did, they, oh, unclean, unclean. They ate pork, creepy crawly things. I mean, the scripture is very clear. Genesis 17, circumcision is an eternal covenant. Everybody that's going to know Jehovah and be part of Abraham's seed has to be circumcised. And they kept that. They needed that law or the Jews wouldn't even have been a people. They were so intermarrying and were about to be wiped out by Satan. So God put them so that law was so sacred that they, it kept them together. And that's why they fought so tenaciously when they heard about Jews, I mean Gentiles, being able to be as right with God as holy with Almighty Jehovah, Yahweh, their God, and not keep the rules. It was about faith in this Jesus Christ who they didn't even accept as Messiah. Well, he is the Messiah, and he's my Savior. And Jews begin to learn about a personal salvation. The Bible says that no prophet, it's not even in the Old Testament what was revealed to Paul. But Paul had to teach all the other twelve. Peter had to learn this new dispensational truth from Paul. So did James. So did John. All of the twelve. Paul was the template. 
a man born out of due time for us today. So there's no Jew or Gentile, no male, no female. It, we are one ecclesia in Christ, and there was an ecclesia in the Old Testament. Ecclesia is a Greek word, just means gathering, getting together for a common purpose. I'm a part of the ecclesia of the National Rifle Association. The ecclesia we're talking about is the body of Christ. And that is a better phrase to identify who we are today if we've been saved. We are a part of the body of Christ. You've held a variety of positions in your career throughout various different versions and types. And as you said, ecclesia, different versions of the ecclesia, I guess. When, when you feel the Spirit start to rise, like I guess in the differences between... You know, okay, when you feel the Spirit start to rise, that's, that's what you said. Okay. The word feel, when you feel, every feeling that we have today in our body has to come through the endocrine glands, the part of the brain that dumps molecule chemicals, feeling chemicals in the bloodstream. All feelings are physical. They are molecule physicals. All thinking is only done with a conscious part of the, this part of the brain. All thinking, I can measure it on an oscilloscope. I can put electrodes up here and we can see the brain. And we have cycles per second. And we know that anybody that is in nine cycles per second is in trance. We think and we run our lives in about between 15 and 25 cycles per second. But you can only do like 25 cycles per second, you can only do it like 30 minutes. And you're going to go back down. You'll burn out your circuitry. And that's why some of the best hypnotists in the world are preachers. Most every sermon they preach... Listen to me. Concentrate. And remember the watch. 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 Listen. When you concentrate for three minutes, your brain automatically will start to cruise the penis. Comes down to about maybe 13, 11. I, I, I measured it at the University of Alabama on all these students. I hooked up electrodes. I was part of a sleep study with them at the university. And I did the statistics. I have a major in statistics for my PhD. I have a major in research design. And I did, I was really blessed by God to get to really study the physical parts of man. If you can measure it, it's physical. You can't measure spirit. And therefore, no scientist can tell you anything about the spirit world unless they get it from the Bible. The Bible is the authority on the spirit world. Science is the authority on the physical world. And science is not perfect. They lie through their teeth sometimes. You have to keep, even scientists will tell you, you have to keep doing research. And they change the science. What used to be truth, they change every 20 years. Whatever you shouldn't have been done in doing 20 years ago. Now, it's okay to do. Oh, don't drink coffee, it's bad. No, now, coffee's really good. It's the cream. You know, don't, oh. But science, I'd rather have a person 
that has that is an atheist, doesn't even know God, but is a brain surgeon, I want him to operate on my brain. I don't want a theologian to go to the Bible and then start working on my brain. The Bible tells you about the spiritual world. My brain ain't spiritual. It's physical. So get a physical expert. And I wish Bible counselors would be more precise and know the difference between a spiritual problem and a physical problem. Now, thank the Lord, today's nothetic counselors, they're better than their original nothetic counselor. And the biggest thing that I saw with biblical counselors was they only use listening to their clients long enough to find out what their spiritual problem was and hit them with it. When Adam and Eve fell, when they ate from that tree, they died immediately spiritually, but they were not dead physically. Where God was walking in the garden the very next day and they're completely dead. Oh, a man is completely dead. He can't believe he's as dead as a corpse in the bottom of a well. He can't, until God irresistibly quickens him. He has to be saved before he can believe. Oh, that's not what the Bible teaches. What it teaches is right there. They died spiritually. A man spiritually, all men born of women, are separated eternally, spiritually, from God until they believe with the only part of them they can believe from if they get the gospel. How can you believe in something you've never heard? So we have stars and other things. The Bible is very clear. If you will believe what is revealed to you, the Holy Spirit will keep there with you until you can hear about Jesus. If you ask to make stones, tell them about Jesus. So expand, expand on that. Expand on that. Because that falls into like the, the once saved, always saved, good works versus falling back into the you know regular lifestyle of the world and all that kind of stuff. Talk that. about that. Talk about that. Well, Sanctification, I guess, is what we're talking well, about. Well, I believe... That the Bible is not, and here talking to a psychologist, I am not an expert. It ought to be theologians you're talking to. But I had a great daddy who was a Koine Greek man, and I was the leading memorizer of scripture by Bible Memory Association, and I've been raised in the Word of God. And I've been at it 77 years, and I know that anybody that will trust Jesus for what he's, who he is and who he said and what he promises, Jesus promises, anybody that believes him for eternal life has it. You don't have to go get baptized. You don't have to quit smoking, drinking. The Bible doesn't say you have to know that you're lost to be saved. The Bible says you have to believe Jesus for eternal life. Now, at some level, you've got to know that you need something. But I think as Bible counselors, we need to listen to our clients until they tell us what they're concerned about. And then when the Holy Spirit opens the door that they tell us about, show them the answer. It's Jesus. And let them trust him. And then Jesus will start to clean up their lives. They might not get it perfect, right? They, there's a lot of cultures don't even know what a snow is. 
Don't your sins be as scarlet. They shall be white as snow. How do you translate somebody never seen snow? Has no idea what that means. They do the best they can. The point is Jesus will save you, give you eternal life. You will not ever be able to be separated from God forever. That's eternal life. How does somebody go to hell whose sins are already paid for by Jesus Christ? They go to hell because they don't have life. It's If you don't have life, you will not be. Life, by definition, is union with God. Eternal death, by definition, is eternal separation from God. And whether or not you go to hell is based on you. God doesn't force you to believe him. And if you don't believe him, you'll never have life. In the same way that the devil doesn't force you to sin. No, he can't. He tempts you. He tempts us. And for Christians, that old nature, and by the way, our old spirit nature is as evil as Satan. Doesn't have the power he's got. But it is as self-seeking. And anything the old nature empowers in the physical body still is done to glorify Satan and ourselves and not bring glory to God. It is not spiritually good. For anything done in the body to be spiritually good, it has to be empowered by our new nature indwelled by the Holy Spirit. But now the acts can look exactly the same. An unsaved person can work in a soup kitchen and give out soup to the poor. A saved person works in the same kitchen and gives out soup to... You can't tell by the works if it's empowered by an evil spirit or not. Not always. But what determines if anything is evil or not is the spirit that empowers it. And Jesus? Jesus did not have an evil spirit in him. Therefore, nothing that he felt or nothing physical that Jesus was involved with could have been submitted or empowered by any spirit but God. Therefore, Jesus was impeccable. Jesus could not have sinned. My good friend, I won't name his name, at Piedmont Bible College, man, he got in trouble with Dr. Lawrence. He said Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are. He was tempted to lust, and he was tempted by... No, no, no. He had a sex drive. That's not a sin to be a man. He had all kinds of... And the only way he could express that sex drive was spiritually through the Holy Spirit. Well, what possible good if if one of my students, they would ask me, well, if I see a beautiful woman, I'm... You know, and I said, define lust. Lust is sexual coveting. And just because you're sexually aroused doesn't mean you have to covet someone else's property as your own. Well, what can I do? And I said, the first thing you do when you see a beautiful woman is you go to God and say, God, you are awesome. A beautiful woman is more beautiful than the Grand Tetons, and I've seen those, than the Grand Canyon. There is probably nothing to a man on earth as beautiful. Sistine Chapel, I've seen that. The works of Michelangelo. Praise God. God gave him that gift. 
So first thing you do when you are sexually attracted or you're attracted to any beauty is praise the author, the creator of all beauty, God. And after you've worshipped and talked with him in, and fellowship, then immediately go to the covenant partner and intercede for him. And that beautiful woman, you start, you don't know her husband, who he'll be, but you intercede for him and, and say, God, help him to tell her how beautiful she is. Help her, him to be such a great husband that she just knows what a wonderful woman she is. And may he serve her and love him as his own body. And I just intercede and intercede. In sexual attraction, the first thing you can discipline yourself and learn to do is doxology. Praise God from whom. Every time you see a beautiful woman, praise God from whom all bless. And really mean it and worship him. He made her. Second thing is you thank God she's not your wife. You couldn't handle that many wives. Look what happened to Solomon. Thank God that somebody else is going to pay her bills and is going to have to, hey, and pray for that husband. Those two things, don't tell me we can't do that. We don't have to yield to the old nature and do what, we don't have to follow Hugh Hefner's crap. Now let's follow the word of God and know that greater is he that is in us than he that's in that world out there. And by God's grace, and he's full of it, and he'll give it to you. And you won't do it perfectly. Man, I didn't do it perfectly. I struggled for so many years. But that struggle with what to do with puberty and learning through my dad that it was okay to feel sexual toward every girl. But pray for us, what he said. He said, talk to God about it. And I began to do that. And it helped me as a counselor. And nearly every male student that came to me, hundreds through the years, wanted to know what they should do about their thought life about girls and... and uh, then I had married guys come and say that they thought that marriage would solve their sexual problem. But now they notice other girls more. Well, I said, well, of course, you got some knowledge now. But I said, you, you can uh, honor God better now. And you can be a better father to your own daughters and start praying for... I said, that woman you're looking at is somebody's daughter. And you can start praying like you were her dad even. God bring a good Christian lover husband into her life. And give them children. And I said, man, talk to God about this. And uh, quit being guilty by Satan all the time for a human body. Or I said, do you feel guilty because you have a respiratory system? Oh, no. Do you feel guilty because you have a, a uh, I said, all these systems in your body, your digestive system. I said, well, do you have a sexual system? I said, nothing evil in that, but it can be used by an evil nature that you're not even under. You don't have to obey that 
general. It's no longer earning wages. You've been taken out from underneath the command by the blood of Christ. Your old nature is no longer earning wages. It's not employed. You are under the authority of a new nature, and that new nature will let you sin. Yeah, you'll learn from that sin. That that's not what you want. God doesn't. He's not some demagogue. He's patient. He's loving. And He is your Savior, and He loves you, and you're going to do something great for Him that only you are called to do. Thank you for joining us from Hotel Hill in Patrick Springs, Virginia, and special thanks to Professor Green. His leadership has impacted countless lives that grew up to influence entire cultures of people across the world through not just his teaching role, but over many years of service as a founding chaplain for Motor Racing Outreach Ministry in NASCAR and the Hawaiian Pro Surfing Chaplaincy. Springs of Life Camp's Outreach Ministries is made possible by monthly donations and from your purchase of Springs of Life Camp's Creekside Coffee. Available online and from a Creekside Coffee Cup Bear near you. Please check out our website for the latest news and information from Springs of Life Camp Ministries. Thank you for your dedication to helping us restore and revitalize the facility of Springs of Life Camp. For general questions or comments and interest or suggestions for webcast interviews, please contact us at Outreach at springsoflifecamp.org. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith.